0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ما يلفظ من قول إلا لديه رقيب عتيد صدق الله العظيم most respected students of Deen, mothers and sisters, Allah Ta'ala has showered countless bounties and favors upon us and every favor and every bounty is such that if one ponders over it, one will be astounded at what a great na'mad this is. And the truth is that we will never be able to truly appreciate and fully appreciate that bounty. It is beyond us to be able to express our gratitude sufficiently. It's beyond us to be able to fulfill the rights of that shukar and gratitude that that is something way beyond us. It is like a person who... somebody has given him a present, a gift. The gift the person gave him was maybe a million rands. So now every person realizes that this is a very big amount of money. So now his whole life too, he feels now he is still indebted to the person. And supposing somebody did something beyond that... So, then we feel even more indebted. So, likewise, the gifts and bounties of Allah Ta'ala, there's really no price that we can put to it. It is beyond everything. And therefore, no matter how much sugar we make, how much of gratitude we express, it will still be totally inadequate, insufficient. It's not possible to fulfill the rights of the sugar that is required and therefore, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he taught us the du'a or rather He made du'a in this manner and taught us to it as well. Allahumma la uhsi thanaan alaik antakama ala nafsik. Ya Allah, I cannot fully praise You. I cannot praise You as You deserve to be praised. Whereas there was nobody that could praise Allah Taala better than Rasulullah or even close to how Nabi sallallahu praised Allah Taala. But yet, Nabi Sallallahu is expressing his inability to praise Allah Taala in the manner that he is deserving. So, therefore, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says, "La uhsi thana an antakama You are as you have praised yourself. In other words, I cannot fulfill the right of this praise. Now, every ni'mat and every bounty. If we really think about it, we'll come to this realization. The unfortunate thing is that we don't give any kind of thought to the various unlimited bounties of Allah Ta'ala. The various bounties, we can't count all, but we can count some. We can see many, but we don't even think about any number. sometimes, even in a very, very cursory manner. We give it no thought, we don't consider what's, what a great bounty it is. It is only when something goes wrong, a person falls ill, something happens, now we start thinking what a big ni'mat this was. So what is required of us is from time to time to ponder over this. Unfortunately our hearts and minds are so occupied with so many futile things, so many baseless things. And Allah forbid, Allah forbid, so many haram things. So as a result, where there is space in this heart to be able to think of Allah Ta'ala, meaning in the sense that think about the na'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala, think about the qudrat of Allah Ta'ala, the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, think about the power and might of Allah Ta'ala, and all the things that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, to ponder over it, and then make shukar, But now if the mind is so occupied with all the other futile things, the mind is occupied in the social media, the mind is occupied in what's going on here, there and everywhere. So as a result, the mind is occupied in it. And therefore, then the tongue also, when it gets a chance, that's what it's occupied in. So neither is the remembrance of Allah in the heart and mind, by means of thinking, and making muraqaba, and pondering over the creation of Allah Ta'ala, neither is the heart and mind occupied in this remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, and nor is the tongue then occupied in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Person talks, and only the talk of all kinds of futile things, illa mashallah, only the talk of things that bring more dunya in the person's heart, distances a person away from Allah Ta'ala, creates more inclination, Towards the things of this world So obviously that is a very dangerous path And that can land a person in great problems So this is the one aspect that we have to now Train ourselves We have to put some pressure on ourselves To initially pressurize ourselves To start sitting and thinking positively About the bounties of Allah Ta'ala Think about the na'mats of Allah. Think of one na'mat at a time. One day, one na'mat. Spend three, four minutes, five minutes, even one and a half minutes. But little more the better. That Allah blessed me with this. What a great gift. What a great bounty. If I didn't have this bounty, what a difficulty it would have been for me. This is something that we don't give any thought to Generally, but just take the elbow joint and the Qur'an Sharif Allah Ta'ala gives us the command that anfusikum Allah Ta'ala asks us a question that don't you see within yourselves what Ni'mat Allah Ta'ala has given in other words this is the instruction that you should ponder over it so this one joint if a person just thinks about now the right hand there is an the elbow joint Imagine Allah forbid something happened and this elbow joint now is no more functioning. A person's hand is straight, that elbow joint is no more functioning. So he can't bend the hand at the elbow. Now think about from the morning till the evening how many times that joint is used. The hand keeps moving back and forth, keeps straightening up and keeps bending back. There are things that are done from morning to evening for which this hand is used. And how many times do we give any consideration, any thought to what a great Na'mad this is. Now think about it from the morning. A person, for example, now just woke up. Now he wants to put on some garment. He wants to wear something. A person now uh, A kurta now, he wants to wear his kurta. So to wear his kurta, he has to pick up that garment, then he will pull it closer to him to start wearing it. But he can't pull it closer, that joint is not working. The hand is completely straight. Now he needs to fulfill other needs of the day. That is an extremely difficult task for him. He wants to eat. Now imagine when a person is eating now. How many times this joint is used? Repeatedly in that 10 minutes, 15 minutes and some people eat for longer periods of time so sometimes it might be dozens of times during that one meal that this joint has been used. Repeatedly this joint is now making it possible for the hand to pick up that food and then come back towards the mouth and put that food in the mouth and this is going back and forth. But did we give any consideration to this? Did we think about it? Did we say one time also, Alhamdulillah, Ya Allah, you blessed me with this elbow joint. Who thinks about it? But yes, we are being taught in the Hadith Sharif to think about it. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is reported to have said that there are 360 joints in this human body. And as a means of shukr, as a means of gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, For all these joints of the body It is wajib daily to give Sadaqah on behalf of each joint So now each joint A person has to give Sadaqah So immediately the thought Comes in the mind that I have to pay something For it In monetary terms This is now money, I have to give some money So now every day if a person Just gives one rand per joint There will be 360 rands a day And if somebody says, okay, not one rand, let's make it, okay, one cent. Now, one cent might sound a very little bit, small amount. What is one cent nowadays? You can't buy anything for one cent. But that too will be 360 cents, three rand sixty. Now, you tell somebody three rand sixty, for many people, for many, many people, they don't even have the three rand sixty for the day. They're going around begging for something. They're going around from door to door to beg. Sometimes they got maybe something. Sometimes they didn't get something. So now how that person is going to pay for it? And what is one cent? One cent is nothing. We should have obviously been giving at least one rand. One rand per joint. So it's 360 rands. How many of us can ever do it? But the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explains that every tasbih, this is sadaqah also. A person decided, subhanallah, That he is. he Equivalent to having given some sadaqah. So now it's taking care of some of that requirement of paying or giving sadaqah on behalf of each joint. Every tahleel is sadaqah. He said, La ilaha illallah. He said, Allahu Akbar. Wal amru bil ma'rufi sadaqah. He enjoined the right. He gave somebody some good advice. He helped somebody to do the right thing. This is all sadaqa. anil sadaqah. He forbade the wrong. He advised somebody that don't do this wrong thing. That too becomes sadaqah. So all these righteous deeds, any good deed the person did, all that also is counted as a sadaqah. So in this way, the 360 joints, their sadaqah is fulfilled by doing various righteous actions. Now this is fulfilling the gratitude. So now, in this Hadith Sharif, The mention is there of the 360 joints. Each of these joints is included in it. There's elbow joint, the wrist joint, the joint on each finger. There's several joints on each finger. All these joints. Imagine now that fingers don't close. Fingers are straight. The person wants to pick up that morsel of food, he cannot pick it up. The person wants to pick up a pen to write, he cannot write. The person wants to pick up a spoon to pick up some He's drinking some soup or something. He can't do it. He wants to stir the tea, the sugar in the tea. That spoon is not coming in his hand because the fingers are all straight. How is he going to stir the tea? Can we imagine from morning till evening, from the time we wake up till the time we go to sleep, how many things are done and we use these joints of the body and we give it no thought. There's nothing crosses our mind to say Alhamdulillah at least once. That this is something, what a great na'mad of Allah Ta'ala. So we should be sitting and thinking about this. And then making sugar. And when we will make sugar, then we will realize that what great bounties Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. There is one incident about one person. He. There was somebody who had tried to overthrow the Khalifa of the time. Muqtadir was his name. And one of the Umayyad rulers he was, perhaps. So in any case, the person who tried to overthrow him, he failed in his attempt. He was trying to overthrow the government, overthrow the king, the khalifa, a coup. He failed in his attempt. So when he failed, he fled, and then he took refuge in one person's house. Ibn al-Jassas was the person's name. Somehow, it became known that this person is hiding here That this Ibn al-Jassas gave him shelter He is harboring him So that person was who tried to overthrow the king was captured immediately He was captured, he was executed They killed him Then this Ibn al-Jassas He had done something which was Now he gave support to this rebel To the person who was trying to overthrow the government The king So now as a punishment to him They confiscated all his Wealth that he had Meaning cash wealth or whatever in some form So that amounted to 60 million dinars 60 million dinars 60 million gold coins And to understand it in our context 60 million Krugerrands can we imagine 60 million Kruger ends So, in any case, this image of now—they took, took away all this wealth. Now, one of his friends came to see him after this news broke out that this is what has happened. When he came there, he sees his fellow is running back and forth like a madman, and his whole condition has deteriorated. He is now getting like sick, and he's just going back and forth and he's losing his mind so he sat him down what's your problem so this person first couldn't even speak properly and he says can you imagine what they did they took away all this money of mine 60 million dinars my whole life went look earning this money and saving it where am I going to ever be able to get this money back and now because of this thought he was going mad and he's going back and forth and he's running around and doesn't know what he's doing. So this friend who came to see him, he sat him down. He said, listen, just sit down first. He says, look, they took away whatever they took away, but they, you still have many things behind. They didn't take away your properties. You have one house you are living in, you have another property somewhere, that property is still safe. So how much all that amounts to? So all that now they counted, they sat on, it amounted to so many... 100,000, now that was 60 million this is not millions now it's in 100,000 but so many 100,000 ok, few other things they left behind, they didn't take up certain wealth this wealth, that wealth, all that put together now how much it came to so it came to 700,000 dinars or dirhams so 700,000 you are not penniless you have 700,000 there are so many people who don't have anything Oh, you have a very little who have a fraction of what you have but Allah Ta'ala has still left so much for you then you have your dignity you have your respect you are not dragged through the gutter and people are not coming all despising you and they are swearing at you and so on like how a person on the street drunkard Somebody is swearing at the dankar and somebody is mocking him and jeering him. But you are a mu'min. Allah Ta'ala has kept your hisad. People still look up to you. And people still respect you. There is nobody in the world illa, mashallah, who doesn't have somebody or the other saying something negative to him. So we, that's not something to focus on. But generally, many people... Are respecting the person, they are honoring him, what a great Na'amat this is. It's not, he must not be looking for that respect, he must not be asking for that respect, but he being respected is nevertheless a Na'mad ta'ala. So he told him, can you put a price on this? Can you put a price on this afiyat that you have, that you find you have a house to live in, you have food to eat, you are safe, you have your dignity intact you are not in those kind of situations that many people are. Is there a price you can put to that? Now this person started thinking of all this and he said, yes, indeed, what you are saying is 100% true. I became so consumed by what went away that I failed to look towards what I still have. And what I still have is also very much compared to most others, this is very much what went away, if I'm going to keep looking at that, that is already gone in any case. So what went was wealth. But now together with the wealth, I'm going to give my mind away. I'm going to lose my sanity. That, you know, that was a terrible thing. And he became very grateful to this friend of his. He says, a lot of people came to console me. And they came to console me that we're very sorry to hear that all your wealth was confiscated and so on and so forth. He said, because nobody brought so much of comfort to me as you brought. Because you made me realize that I still have so much. I still have to be so much grateful to Allah. Now this is the aspect that when a person will think about what he has, this will create shukr. Unfortunately, we keep looking at what we don't have. And as a result, we become miserable and we become very Ungrateful. We become very ungrateful for the bounties of Allah Ta'ala that we have. We forget about all that. And we forget that there are millions of people that are lesser than us, that don't have any of these things. So this is something to be constantly thinking about, pondering over. One-one na'mat of the physical self Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, the eyes to sit and think about these things. Allah Ta'ala blessed me with this na'mat. How am I supposed to use it? What is the true gratitude for it? What am I looking at? If I am looking at naazibillah, looking at some haram, is this shukr for this eyes? And Allah Taala has the power to snatch it. Allah Taala has the power to take it away. The tongue, what a great bounty this tongue is. And how am I using my tongue? Am I using it correctly? Am I using it to create a connection between somebody and Allah Taala? bringing them closer to Allah Ta'ala? Is it a means? I'm using it as a means to create good feelings, to create muhabbat, to create unity between people? Or am I making it a means of creating problems and difficulties and dissension and friction? I'm inciting one friend against the other friend. I'm saying things which now makes one person feel negative towards the other person. And I'm creating all kinds of problems and hardships. What am I doing? So now these are things to think about, and especially this tongue in the times of fitna that we are living in throughout the length and breadth of the world. We just keep hearing of one fitna after the other. These are times of fitna, unfortunately. And therefore, the tongue is something to be very, very conscious about in the times of fitna. In the times of fitna, the tongue becomes even more dangerous. It is always a very delicate organ of the body. Very, very sensitive. Very delicate. And one slip, one small slip of this tongue can cause major problems. But, if a person is conscious of it, the person looks after their tongue, then the person will be saved. Man sakata naja. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salasim says the person who keeps quiet from anything that is not, not correct, anything doubtful, doesn't get involved in discussing things that don't have any relationship to him or her. Those things don't concern one. So why to get involved in such talk? In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salasim says, Bin husni Islam al mar'i ma la It is part of the beauty of a person's Islam that the person gives up futile talk, does not get involved in futile discussions things that don't concern one, person gives up whatever is not of any concern to him or her so this is something that we need to, when will this happen? when we think about it many a times we've discussed this importance of pondering, of thinking to give time to it, it's not just something to hear about and forget about it it's something to be practicing on that we think positively We think deeply We think in a way that Brings alive this heart Actually, this pondering This thinking in this manner Like this muraqaba Thinking about one-one na'amat one, of Allah Ta'ala, Thinking on a more general note That what am I, what am I doing How am I spending my life What is my direction How much have I now progressed In terms of my salah in terms of my akhlaq and character, in terms of my interaction with my parents, my interaction with my muallimahs how much have I become a better person for society, for people? Have I, have I become the key to good? In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu says, Tuba, Liman Miftahan Lil Khair, mighlaqan Lil That glad tidings to the one. Allah Ta'ala has made a key to good and a lock on evil. Allah Ta'ala has made a key to good. Am I a key to good? Am I a lock on evil? Do I become the means of stopping evil? Somebody now wants to become disrespectful. Somebody is now planning to become disruptive. I got to know about it. Do I advise the person in a good way that look, this is not the thing to do. This is a serious matter, this is something that you will harm yourself, you will destroy yourself, do I become the lock on evil in this manner? Or do I also now encourage the person further, that yes you must now show your point, you must not take things just for granted, and somebody tamp your toes, then you must now punch their nose, and all these kind of ways of inciting people, is that what I do? Or do I become the means of becoming the key to good and a lock on evil? that no, this is not the way to go, you should neither be humble, humble yourself, if there is something of importance that is affecting you, then you should bring it up with respect, in a dignified manner, keeping all the adab and etiquettes in mind, not speaking, or doing anything in a way that is disrespectful, that is rude, otherwise this will become very detrimental for one. Now, each one of us has the ability to do this to guide somebody to become the key to good to become the lock on evil now that is a thing to ponder about so this pondering we are talking about when a person sits, gives some time daily it might be just a few minutes but to sit down and think in this manner a person just read her namaz her salah and she sits down for a 10 seconds 15 seconds, 20 seconds, a little bit and thinks what kind of salah have I performed was this salah a good salah, was it in the manner that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught is Allah ta'ala going to be pleased with the salah, it was done with ease, with it been on in a composed manner or was it done haphazardly it was done just to get over with it when a person will sit and think give some thought to it this is like rain water just as rain water comes on the ground and that ground which was like dead no grass was growing also one good shower of rain and suddenly you see the green grass already sprouting all over similarly this muraqaba, this thinking in this manner this pondering over all the aspects that take us closer to Allah Ta'ala the muraqaba of shukr, the muraqaba and the pondering over the closeness of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala is with you wherever you are. The closeness of Allah Ta'ala. Whether it is the aspect of what kind of character I have. Am I bringing my character in the way that Nabi Sallallahu taught us to have our character. Is my character coming close to the teachings of the Quran Sharif? How do I conduct myself with people? And all the various things of Deen. To think about it. When a person gives some time to think about it. That... Allah Ta'ala blessed me with all these bounties and I'm still engaging in this sin, in haram. I'm still talking to all this illicit chatting and whatever else is forbidden. Person thinks about it. What will happen if my death suddenly comes? Do I want to meet Allah Ta'ala in this manner? Give it time to think about it. When we will make this habit of thinking, then this is like rain water for the hearts. Just as you get rain water for the ground, which brings alive the vegetation, the grass, the vegetation, the greenery, everything is suddenly lush, it's green, and when everything is lush and green, then it's a a beautiful sight to look at, it's a wonderful scenery, people passing by some place, it's very lush, very green, they look out and they say, look at this beautiful scenery, and everything is dry, and there's nothing, you see, such a bare ground it is, you don't feel comforted by looking at it. So likewise, when this heart will receive this rainwater of pondering, of muraqaba, of thinking, of giving it time to think about all the na'mah Allah has blessed me with and how much shukar did I make. Think about, unfortunately, how much wrong have I done with the very bounties that Allah blessed me with. Have I made tawbah yet? Have I sincerely repented? If not, what am I waiting for? Am I waiting for death to suddenly come? Shouldn't I already be making toba immediately? So when a person will keep thinking in this way, when a person will keep pondering, this thinking and pondering is this rain water for the heart. It will start bringing the heart alive. This thinking and pondering is part of what is known as Fikr. Fikr means concern. And this Fikr, this is the key to getting into Amal. This is the key to refraining from sin. Because this fikr is the opposite of ghaflat. When a person is in a state of fikr, then he is not ghafil, he is not unmindful, he is not heedless of Allah Ta'ala. And as long as a person is now in a state of zikr, he is now thinking positively, he is remembering Allah Ta'ala by means of this pondering, he is now getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. And he is giving this water to the heart which will now bring alive the heart. Now this heart will want to do what is correct. This heart will feel very, very disturbed by anything that is evil. Otherwise, Allah forbid, that that heart when it starts dying, then just as a dead person can't smell anything, a dead person doesn't smell, so there might be something really stinking, real stench, but the dead person can't smell it. Person is a terribly filthy environment, filled with all kinds of muck and dirt and the worst kind of filth, all kinds of mess all over the place. But the dead person can't see, so he doesn't have any—he doesn't have any idea of what's going on around him. He can't smell that stench, he can see all that mess around him. So, outwardly, this doesn't affect the dead person anyway. Likewise, when the heart has died, when the heart has spiritually died, oh, it has become like paralyzed, if it's not completely dead. So now, as a result, that stench of sin, that heart cannot perceive, that heart cannot sense it. So now, somebody else who is able to sense that, that person is trying to advise, but can't you see what a terrible thing this is? How serious this is. But he can't smell that stench. Likewise, he can't see that mess because the heart has spiritually died. So now it's paralyzed. So he's like a blind person now. So he cannot see it. But it doesn't mean that that's not going to harm him. That stench is going to go and create havoc inside him. And that mess is going to bring about all kinds of evil. That mess that is around him, just now there will be rats all around there. Just now there will be other things and then as they running through all that mess they will start biting him off also so it's not that it's not going to harm him it's going to harm him ter- terribly just that he is so unaware of how much destruction is coming because his heart has been deadened and he's thinking no, all is fine he's thinking everything is okay I got nothing to worry about but this is the sign of a dead heart or a heart that has become paralyzed so what is the Remedy for this, among the other things, a very, very effective remedy is this pondering, this thinking, giving some time, giving some time in a dedicated manner, daily. Like the antibiotic that a person takes for some medication, for some illness, whatever. So the doctors emphasize, make sure you complete the cause. So now it's a very expensive antibiotic, something very, very strong, very effective, You say, no, one you're going to take, you're not going to see the benefits. You're going to take two, three, it's not going to be beneficial yet. You're going to have to complete the cause. When you complete the cause, then you have, by that time, uproot the problem. And you would be able to uh, see the benefits. Not that this is any encouragement to take antibiotics, that's another whole chapter on its own. But the point is, this is just an example, that the person that has its benefit, but the person taking one, two, doesn't see the benefit. Is to complete the cause. So likewise, when we hear these kind of discussions, we speak about it, then for one day, we do something, and then we forget about it. And then we still waiting for the benefit to come. Then what happened now? We'll have to complete the cause. And many a times, when a person does something diligently, properly, regularly, for like a period of 40 days, that benefit starts settling in. So when a person, for 40 days consecutively, the person is doing this thing properly, by that time there is a dramatic effect sometimes on the person. His entire life starts taking a positive turn. So this is what we need to do. This is what we have to make an effort on. That we give time to this thinking. We ponder over the greatness of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We ponder about the na'mas of Allah Taala. We ponder about our own condition. We ponder about how was our conduct today. What was my akhlaq like? How did I full pass the day? Was it positive? Was it negative? How many right things? How many wrong things? In this way we will find that the doors will open up for us and we will be able to then progress. May Allah wa ta'ala bless us all. Grant us a tawfeeq of engaging in this thinking, in this pondering correctly. Allah ta'ala make it a means of enlivening our hearts and في الوعد بذل محبد الله تبارك وتعالى جوز الله التوفيق وآخر الدعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمدًا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا علمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير وختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب امورنا بالخير بيدك الخير انك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين وجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله